Rosettes. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, you guys, this is one of the most epic episodes ever. We have two dynamic women. So it's a women empowerment episode. Pew, 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 pew. Kristen Bernard, the CEO, founder, and creator of Cote de Femme, and Patty Russo, the executive director to the Women's Campaign School, now known as the Campaign School at Yale. Pew, 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 pew. Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sip rose. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And guess what? What? We're here with Bartender Ben. Hey, uh, I am I am here. <laughs> he is present. He has arrived. President. He is here. Not president. Present fool. <laughs> we used to say that at school. President. You never say that at school? No. I, I think people I think people who know me know that I Renee Johnson. President. Present is what I would be like. <laughs> or here. I would say here. Like I, I think people don't even know that like I was that kid that was like the librarian. Like I look, I dressed like a librarian and I did not go to private school. Um yeah. I had two pigtails, big glasses, usually a nice uh collared shirt with a sweater on top, because I'm from a cold climate. Wanted to always be warm, still kinda cold now all the time. So yeah. I dig it. Yes. Well, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, thank you, because I feel like that's part of my personality. And so people can understand further how I am. I'm like a, And why do you read so well? I am a great reader. I mean, you know, I never seen a professional reader before. I mean, I definitely can be perceived as a professional reader. I think if they like had a competition of people who read well, I would definitely be like top five. So like if we were to go into what is the makeup or the archetype of a good reader, what is that? I think it's diction, right? Mm. Pronunciation. All right. Um, I think it's the ability to sound out words because I remember like when I was a kid, maybe I was like, I don't know how old I was, but I was pretty young and my brother and I were sitting in the backseat of the car and my dad and my mom were driving and we saw this sign, right? And it had like this word that perceivably I never saw before. And my brother was, he was older than me, was like, uh, extra easy. And I was like, extravaganza. And my parents were like, what? And I was like, because I'm smart. I sounded it out. And they were like, good job. And we continued on our journey wherever we were going. <laughs> Which one is the clap button? Hit that. That's what I'm talking about. We need we need more proficient readers in our society. Um, I really feel as though um, people just don't read, and people really just take the the lazy approach when it comes to ingesting and receiving information. Yeah, because because like if you really look at it right now, um, a lot of people 
are visual now is what they they're claiming i'm a visual learner and so you see a lot of like the swiping like images like that's why snapchat instagram insta stories and facebook stories and like all of these things are just all images and not actual words because people are too lazy i think and i i know this right because i i love these social media tools as well however comma it's like we have seen a lack of uh people writing and spelling like it's okay right. now to not know how to spell right because you know spell check gotcha girl and actually no because remember there was somebody we were we were texting and they were like nd and i was like no this and they're like no that's and i'm like you did all that to say and right and so it's, it's like, not even and <laughs> but if you think about if you think about what went into it right because the n was capital and if you look at like how many key strokes it would take to type and versus capital N and D like well you can just type the three letter word out same keystrokes but it's also like oh, that makes no sense right but I mean also it's like well you're you're operating on the assumption that everyone understands this colloquialism yeah I mean, it's not one of those mainstream ones. It's not like... L- or LOL. LOL, like, right. LOL is something I think it took me a moment because I didn't know until someone told me. Then I was like, oh, okay. And right. now it's widely used. And so no matter what language you're speaking, LOL translates. However, ND does not translate. I don't I don't know ND, y'all. Nah. But, um, yeah, but it, there's a lot of like shorthand things that you read. And I'm like, uh... Like, I just found out what NSFW meant. Not single female? No, not suitable for work. Oh. So when you see NSFW (laughs) on a post, that means you probably want to take it to the bathroom, put your headphones on, and make sure you don't have an audience uh, as you view it. Or not look at those types of things or say those types of things during the day at work. I mean, you know, I'm type A, so there's that. Um, speaking of all of these things, it's like Generation Z, if you will, like the this generation. Um, and they're 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 different. Very. So I can put it out there. I'm Generation X. I was born in 1981. Pew pew for the 81s. Shut up. Uh, yeah, they different. <laughs> they different. They are. Yeah, they different. <laughs> I mean, the, the part that like I'm afraid of, and I don't know, I'll probably get backlash because I work with a lot of Generation Zers. Yes. I'm sorry, y'all. I really, I'm afraid of like when. What's the world gonna look like when we turn seventy? I mean, what 80. is it gonna turn like when we turn fifty-five? Like. 60 I forget 70 are we going one are we going to make it to that that age but <laughs> what is really happening to sort of like work ethic most of these like kids have never had a job they've never had like responsibility they've kind of just had right they just get rewarded they're the kids who got like a participant certificate right i despise those cuz it sends the wrong message you know what I mean? Because in the real world, you don't get a prize for just showing up. You got to win. You got to do something. You got to put some work in. You know, the, the sweat equity. We, we talk, we use those terms a lot. Yes. Sweat and equity. And, and a lot of um, folks from this young generation, they don't understand that. And yeah. they don't understand that um, 
Sweat equity is just as important as financial investment because without the sweat equity, you won't be able to make the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more like a yin-yang relationship, but... Yin-yang in his tank. Sorry. Yeah. No, but <laughs> to your point, it, it is definitely like, hey, I need to one show up but I also need to show up on time and, be, and and also be present when I show up I think that's the other key like just because you arrived and like you're here does not mean that you're present like if you're on your phone and talking to your friends and like doing all these other things then you're not present you're you're somewhere else you're just here in the body form right um and I just and, and to that like I remember even just being in a workplace where working around Generation Zers, especially like an IT spot because, you know, they're fresh out of college and they're looking for IT entry-level positions. You know, it comes into, they come into the um, the environment looking for a cool workplace mm-hmm. without saying, all right, well, what is my actual day-to-day? They're, you know, the, the first thing they look for is like, who's the cool kids to hang out with? Or like, what time we eating? Can I be on my phone? Can I drink? Can I, you know, and some of them smoke and like they want to do that and be. And it's like, that's not the reality of the world, right? right. You are not when you go to it. And even if like you want to create for yourself, right? If you want to do um, like entrepreneurship, creating businesses, or even like if you want to invest in anything for yourself like you have to have sacrifice and I feel like a lot of these kids don't know what sacrifice is and there it goes to show it's very telling because not only in how they interact but also like when they come up to sort of a troubleshooting matter it's like their ability to do so and be like hey here's a problem let me see how I can correct it or fix it or trouble none of that it's like oh there's a problem Right. Thank you for the alert. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. my iPhone does that. But right. I mean, it also tries to self-correct. So like when it's overheating, it, it troubleshoots and shuts off until it cools down. Hey, you find a problem, think through a solution. I feel like it's Captain Planet situations that they need. Like these kids had Captain Planet. I mean, you know, I mean, even if you look at, I mean, that's a good point you brought up. Uh, you know, I just sort of segue a little bit. Just even the cartoons. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you look at at an early age was fed to the youth. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, sexually suggestive cartoons, a lot of adult themes. There's not a lot of that reinforcement of what it is to be an actual good human being on this planet. We don't get that. Like, remember in He-Man at the end of the episode, he used to tell you like, hey, make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I He-Man, mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It would tell you those things and it's like, okay, I knew because He-Man taught me Hey, look both ways while I run across the street, get that ball. Yeah. Well, and not only that, like it, in all these cartoons, there was like a lesson learned, right? So like if there was a problem, right, that they always tried to solve from Inspector Gadget to even Cliff, Clifford the Big Red Dog to, you know, the Magic School Buzz. It was always something that people were trying to figure out. My favorite cartoon, of course, is DuckTales and Darkweed Dunk. Mm-hmm. My dad, it, you know this, my dad hates the theme song to Darkwing Duck because no. me and my brother used to go so hard for it. But anyway, I digress. Oh, man. <laughs> you saw how we saw. You better turn that off. Man, I, you know what I mean? And I kind of like, a tear kind of dropped because I'm like, how do you not like Darkwing Duck? Me like, and my brother so, abused that, that. That was so instrumental in my, my growing up 
in my formidable years. Yeah. That those cartoons, like, I don't know if you remember, like, coming home from school yeah. Saturday at 4 p.m. or 3. No, I think it started like about 3 o'clock. Well, it wasn't Saturday, but weekdays. I mean, Saturday, weekdays. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, my bad. Weekdays during the week, the lineup was like, I think it started with uh, DuckTales. Then it went to, I believe, um, Tailspin. Rescue Rangers was part of that mix. Right. I think Rescue Rangers was next, and then Darkwing Duck, and then it went into like Ninja Turtles, and then it went into like another cartoon. It was like Gargoyles or Gargoyles, something. Gargoyles, yes, was the last yeah. cartoon. Right. So, I mean, and in, in, to your point, each one of those cartoons, they had an objective, a mission, and also there was an underlying like theme yeah. of the episode that they were trying to drive home. We don't get that nowadays. Yeah, like Penny you know? and Inspector Gadget. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm older. So what? I loved Inspector Gadget. Da-da-da-da-da. So with Inspector Gadget, even though like he wasn't the smartest guy, now this is a gem for you all. This is my faith-based moment, right? You know, I like to bring in Christianity a little bit into some things. So Inspector Gadget was a man who had access but no ability. Mm. And he was able to be this world-renowned inspector yet he didn't have the ability to solve the problems guess who did that dog and his niece penny you know penny had an apple watch back then yes she did she had an apple watch how innovative is that <laughs> I just want to throw that out there but yes i mean i think that's reflective of a lot of things that go in society now yes and so if you have access the likelihood for people to believe your ability is greater, even though you can't because you don't have to prove yourself. He never had to prove that he can figure it out. And he didn't even rely on the ability or even say thank you to the people who actually did it. Because he was not aware. He was so unaware of his lack of ability to accomplish anything that it was so astounding. Like as an adult now, I see that like in workplaces and 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 in and life that if you believe it, <laughs> I mean honestly, you can do it. The only and and guess what? Other people will will support you and and have that belief and help carry your message and figure it out for you. Right. Believe in yourself. The more you know. <laughs> um, well, what are we drinking today? Now that we got all this, and all, I think all this centers around like what we're drinking today. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe because I'm, you know, a little bit there. You know, y'all know I get down. Uh, anywho, what are we drinking, bartender Ben? Anywho, um, it's a Cote de Femme. Ooh, Cote de Femme, and I love the bottle of it. Uh, it is very gorgeous. It is a lady with this beautiful hat. And she right. has this outfit that is like, yes. Like, she, if you see her, you'll yeah. be like, yes. She, she's definitely serving body on this. Long legs. Um, Some high heels. And this heels. this hat, though, it's very, like, south of France type mm-hmm. of thing. So tell us more about this this wonderful rosé, Coach Defin. Well, I would like to first point out, you know, I don't know. I drink a lot of rosé. I've seen a lot of bottles. Mm-hmm. This is the first one. I've seen that comes with stemware decoration. Ooh, yes! So, I mean, I know you guys can't see it, but it's it's like these like little diamond. It's bracelet a little bracelet, yeah, and it's glass. diamond encrusted. It's so pretty. So, you know, around the bottle, when you receive it, you'll see you'll get this nice gift, mm-hmm. and I really think that is 
a, a really nice touch. Um, yes. So this rosé is not a bubbly. Um, it's more like a a wine. Um, I like the taste. This is one of this is up there, you know. Um, and usually, I would like to say I'm not really a fan of non bubbly rosés. You know what I mean? I like mm-hmm. the I like the fizzle, and yeah. the sizzle. But this one it has a nice taste. It's um, let me see. Hmm. Well, and also like. Cote de Femme translates to size of woman, right? And so it represents the sassy and many different beautiful shapes, curves, tones, and types of women. Um, it also represents the mystery of a woman, um, the infinite facts of her being, um, a powerful creature that cannot be uh, tamed, which no woman should be tamed, by the way. Um, truly understood, uh, but respected, cherished, and loved. And yes, it even tells you on the back of the bottle, like the bracelet is a gift to you um, and you place it on your favorite stemware and it, and it's, it's, it's just amazing. And it just adds a little accoutrement to your cup. And Kristen, who we're interviewing on this episode, she's the creator, Kristen Bernard, and she's in Alabama and she created this, this rosé and she talks about her story. And this is just like a perseverance like her story is about belief in oneself like she's not an inspector gadget she just really is a believer in who she is and like what her dream was to create something that was representative of women and i really appreciate that society needs more people like that we Definitely. have more positive contributors if we had people that thought like that yes and like shout out to kristen um it's got 14.5 percent yeah i was i was about to bring that up i'm like oh this little this little stout all of that all of that um yeah i was wondering I'm like i'm getting it a little bit quicker than i normally am this is a little bit strong here strong work kristen you keep it up keep it up <laughs> yes and then what i also love about this is on june 1st you're able to then go onto her website uh, which we'll definitely put in the details so that you can use our code to get a discount off. So, so excited for everyone to try this. Um, and Kristen, she's amazing. She's just truly amazing. Yes. I can't wait to hear the interview. Um, the wine is amazing. I need to order me a case or something. So I yes. To, Kristen, I need to holler at you. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to holler at you. I, I know. Get, and, I need that wine. Man. And if you're in the D.C. area, definitely go online and, and, and order it after June 1st. And again, we'll put, put the details in the uh, podcast description. But also, um, we interviewed today um, the executive director to the campaign school at Yale, which I'm a graduate of um, because I do believe that someday I will run for office. But we'll get into that another day another time um but i'm really excited about that interview because um patty has some wonderful things coming up for people to to register and if you're you know wanting to get some assistance with how you should look and how you should look on your zoom calls while you're trying to do fundraisers and all this she talks about some great ideas so it's really good and you can also sip some rosé with cote femme for one of your political fundraisers and you know reach out to us here at the Rosie Hour podcast and we'll see how we can be supportive and help. We'll try to plug you up. (laughs) Because I'm all about women running offices and running businesses. Mm -hmm. We need need more women in charge. I I know we need more women women in charge, present company included. (laughs) Right. You know, um, I don't know. I kind of like when women tell me. And then now we're going to go into the first interview. 
right. Here, first interview with Kristen of Coat de Femme. Yes. <laughs> hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today I'm here with a legend. Like, living legend and rosé. She is amazing. She is leading in the industry. She has a fabulous rosé that everybody should get. And it's sparkly, pretty, and everything you want in a beautiful bottle with a refreshing taste. Ladies and gentlemen, people, boys and girls, everyone, the amazing Kristen Bernard. Woo! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Oh my God. I've been looking forward to this conversation since we started talking on Instagram. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like you said, I feel like we're already best friends. We already know each other and we should already be sitting down having a glass of rosé together. Oh my God. And I cannot wait for outside to open so we can actually do that. (laughs) Yes. 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 I'm ready. Yes. 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 So... Kristen, tell us more about your rosé. I, I I love it. It's beautiful. It's it's probably one of the best looking bottles I've ever seen. Just up at, at looking at it at the eye level, you know, like just walking through a store and seeing it, it definitely is something people want to pick up and try. So like, how did you come up with this idea and like more about you? Thank you so much. So yes, that's exactly what we wanted to create. Something that was not just beautiful on the outside But just like a woman, it's also beautiful on the inside. Mm. So I, too, have gone and picked up a beautiful bottle before, saved it for a special occasion, brought it home, and tasted it and said, okay, well, I probably won't have that again. (laughs) I wanted something that that when you tasted it, it was like, okay, this is my new go-to. This is now my wine. It made me pick it up because it's pretty on the outside. But when I tasted it... It was it was next level. Yeah. So uh, Cote de Femme directly translates in French to sides of woman. Mm. And um, the S is silent. And just like in France, you know, places like Cote de Bone are spelled with the S, but it's silent. So it's pronounced Cote de Femme. Sides of woman basically represents uh, the curves, um, the beauty, the skin tones, um, all the different sides of women but also the sides of one woman. So as you know, we're daughters, we're mothers, we're girlfriends, we're um, entrepreneurs, we're business owners, um, we're angry sometimes, we're powerful sometimes, we're soft sometimes. So even one woman has many different sides. Um, the uh, artwork on the front of the bottle is, of course, a woman in a hat uh, wearing high heels and carrying a glass of wine. Which I and Thank you. And the reason the reason I wanted that is I want every woman to look at her and say, oh, that's me. Mm. You know, when I've got my hat on, when I've got my glass of wine on my hand and my heels, that's me. Yes. And of course, everyone that loves a woman as well or identifies as a woman to even say, oh, you know, that's my woman or that's me. Yes. If, um, it's a, like a reflection of self. I love it. Yes. Yes. So the artwork was designed by an artist in Russia. Her name is Elena Namchenkova. And my husband actually found her on the internet when we started this journey. And he said, look, check out her artwork. It's called line art. And just like I said, it's something that's not so detailed that anyone could look at a picture and say, oh, that could be me. And so we contacted her and she gave us, we commissioned her and she gave us several ideas. And that's how we chose uh, the woman in the hat. 
Um, also on our bottle, um, as you've already seen, around the neck of the bottle is a rhinestone, what we call the bracelet. Mm. And when we started designing the bottle, I was like, I want something different. I want something extra. I want something blingy. Because yes. l- let me just tell you, I- I'm a little extra. I'm a little blingy myself. And this so, is why I love um, you so much already. <laughs> <laughs> so I started playing with different jewelry and necklaces and things and putting them on bottles and seeing how it would look. And my husband said, what if, by the way, my husband's name is Andy Bernard. So for those of you who are office fans, his name really yes. is Andy Bernard. <laughs> That's um, funny. So he said, what if what you're wanting to do with the bracelet, he said, what if it was something that doesn't just make the bottle look pretty, but the the person that bought it, the consumer could actually use it in some way, like it was our gift to them. Mm. So he started this journey of sort of creating uh, the, the, the bracelet that would go around the neck of the bottle. And he actually has a patent pending on that now. So the, the bracelet around the neck of the bottle is not just pretty in the store. You actually take it off the neck of the bottle and you put it on your stemware to decorate, to oh. add a little extra bling while you drink. I love um, it. And then also, Renee, when we sent you your bottles, we also sent you a couple of extra bracelets in there. Yes. And those were our rainbow bracelets. Now, the rest of the world has not seen the rainbow bracelets yet. Um, We created those in hopes that maybe we could do something special for Pride Month in June. Maybe sponsor some events or some parades or some parties. Now, obviously, with the world right now, I don't know that the parades and the parties are going to happen. But we felt like there was a, a community of people out there that are not always celebrated and not celebrated in the wine industry, especially. And so Cote de Femme and what it stands for is just one of our sayings is live extra. Mm-hmm. And that just means celebrate life, um, enjoy every moment, um, put your toes in the sand when you can. Um, and I think one of the things this pandemic has shown us is that life is unpredictable and life yeah. is unsure. So I think the idea is, you know, wear your good jewelry, you know, take that bottle of wine that you've been saving and drink it, get, eat off the good plates, you know, just, just enjoy life. Yeah. And so, so that's how the bottle um, was created. Um, as far as the, uh, starting a wine company goes, um, that's a whole story in itself. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> quite a journey. And, um, Renee, I know listening to your podcast that you're a believer. And so I think I can safely say that this journey was not orchestrated by us. I cannot tell you how many things along this road have just been a God thing is wow. the way I put it. Yes. Um, rejections and things that have, uh, what we thought would be a disappointment in some ways turned into the most beautiful, perfect ending um, or turn in the journey. Um, so I guess I'd say our, our journey started when my husband and I were first married. We had young children and we didn't have the means at the time to travel um, or really go out on a lot of date nights. So our date nights were sitting on the couch after we put the kids to bed and maybe having a bottle of wine. Mm. And so we started learning about wine. And as I say, traveling the world through wine, just sitting on our couch, we started learning about, oh, let's have a wine from Spain tonight. Let's see what this Mm. one from Italy tastes like. Um, And just sort of trying to learn about wines. Um, Later on, fast forward, and we were able to travel some. Uh, We have been to California and done all the wine tasting in Europe and Sonoma. We traveled around Italy. We traveled around France. And when you're in a vineyard somewhere in another part of the world, 
and you have wine there. And then later on, you come back and you have that wine again. It brings back memories, just the smell and the taste. Yes. And so that's what wine is for us also. It's a way to travel um, and it's a way to create and remember beautiful memories. Oh, and so that. my husband and I are small business owners also. Um, we have a couple other businesses. And I came to him a little over a year ago and said, okay, I have an idea. I said, I want to start a wine company and I want to have a rosé. And he said, okay, <laughs> all right, I, I'm in. How do we do this? And so both of us being entrepreneurs ourselves, I just want to have that spirit of uh, everything is figure outable. We're going to figure out how to do this. There's, there's a way. We just have to figure it out. Right. So we started our research. Um, so some of that research was, um, and I would recommend this to anybody, maybe we can, when people can gather again, um, was even just going and buying a bunch of wine, sitting down with some friends and relatives, having sort of a party and everybody tasting a bunch of different rosés. And a part of that was figuring out what we liked, what we wanted our rosé to taste like um, and smell like and feel like. And um, that's kind of a fun journey and a fun party, too, because you start to learn and realize when you're tasting rosé side by side, maybe that one that you thought you loved this whole time Mm -hmm. is different than you realize when you taste it next to another one. Yeah. And so that that was a fun, fun part of the research. Um, But we knew for sure we wanted our rosé to come from Provence, to come from France, southern Mm -hmm. France. Um, Southern France is known for producing the absolute best rosé in the world and the best grapes that produce that rosé. And so we knew that that's the the taste we wanted, light, um, dry, not sweet. Um, And so that's what we started working toward. Um, We went to France last summer. And while in Southern France, we made some connections. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the wineries that we really thought we were going to go with, I say winery, it was actually a co-op of several different um, vineyards. Um, And so let me pause and say this. Um, One of the things that to to know and that we learned was that you do not have to be a farmer to actually create wine. There are farmers and vineyards that are obviously, that's their gift. That's, that's their, what they do is they're able to produce beautiful crops and beautiful grapes. So just sort of, you know, my husband laughing at me here when I first came to him and said, I want to start a wine company. That was probably his first thought is like, I can kill a silk plant, much less (laughs) try to grow grapes. So I said, don't worry, don't worry. We, we, we just have to find the right grapes. We have to find the right farmers. Right. So um, we started with a, a co-op. And all last summer, we thought we were going to use this particular co-op because we'd had some of their wine that we really liked. And as the summer went on, um, they started telling us, well, you're a little small for us. We're very large. Um, we, we send our grapes and, and our juices to a lot of large companies. And so we're going to have to wait till um, harvest comes to see if you're actually a fit for us. And as time went on, there were other um, kind of blocks in the road as well. They weren't sure that they could use our bottle or, you know, different things that to me made our brand our brand. Yeah. So we felt like we were getting a lot of no's, I guess is the right way to put it. And it was time to do some more research and maybe find someone else. And so um, 
let me back up. A couple of years ago, my husband and I went to a Beyonce Jay-Z concert when yes. they did their tour in Nashville. And before we went to the concert, we went to an outdoor patio and had a beautiful bottle of rosé. Best night, had so much fun at this concert. And so the next day on our way out of town, we stopped by a wine shop and bought that same rosé to take home. We put it in our wine storage and kind of just saved it. And so here we are, uh, you know, over a year later on our couch going, okay, we've got to start over from square one now. What are we going to do? And he said, well, let's just drink some rosé. So he goes and he pulls out our Beyonce Jay-Z rosé is what I'll call it. (laughs) And and we start drinking this rosé and we look at each other and go, oh my gosh, this is the best rosé we've ever had. This is the reason we bought this. And I've forgotten how much we loved it. We turn over the back of the bottle and there's a guy's name and a phone number on the back, and we call him. Mm. And come to find out, this guy is a Frenchman who lives in the United States, and he's what the French call a negotiant. And so he actually connects vineyards over in France um, with people who want to make wine. So that started that journey of finding a new vineyard, um, with the help of of this man, so that was actually uh, really cool, really neat. Um, and so, how amazing uh, well, to just flip the bottle over, and you're like, "Yeah, here's here's yes. been our answer in our in our cellar for a year." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I know also what you do, Renee, in your job is that you are a lobbyist for small businesses. Mm-hmm. So. You may be able to explain what I'm going to say maybe better than what I could from your perspective, but this fall, fall of uh, 2019, our government chose to put a tariff on all goods coming over from Europe. Mm -hmm. So in the 25% tariff. So in the middle of this journey, something happened that could maybe stop us in our tracks and stop our business before it even started. And so um, that would affect us as many Mm -hmm. other small businesses in the United States of wine owners, wine shops, restaurants, you name it. Yep. Yep. So (laughs) once again, we had a stumbling block and we had something we had to figure out. And so my husband started doing the research on all the exact rules of the tariff. And one of them was that um, things that were, were not tariffed if they were over the 750 milliliter bottle size. And so our first thought was, do we import the wine in bulk somehow, you know? And um, then after more research, we realized there was a greater risk of us ruining the wine in that way. And so we started getting worried about that. And our winemaker over in France said, hey, I have an idea. Nothing is tariffed if it's over 14% alcohol. Let me try a different blend for you guys. See if you like it. It's over 14%. And so I was a little worried about that because I thought more alcohol is not going to make it, you know, too strong or Mm -hmm. have a bite to it or too acidic. So he created this blend. He sent it to us. We tasted it. And all I can tell you is we were jumping up and down in our living room. Oh, wow. This is Cote de Femme. I have never tasted anything like this in my life. It is 90% Grenache, which it gives it that mm-hmm. bold complexity. Um, a local um, restaurateur and chef here where we live in Huntsville, Alabama, tasted it and called it almost a red wine drinker's rosé in the oh, sense wow. that it's bold. Um, but it's got 5% Rolet or um, what they call in, uh, 
Italy Vermentino, and that's what gives it that silky finish. So it is bold and complex, but yet so smooth yes. and, and drinks so easy. And so some of the feedback we've gotten from friends is, first of all, if they didn't know, you know, okay, what percentage of alcohol is this? Because it took me to a different place. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's always a good and, thing. <laughs> and maybe I drank it a little too fast because it was a little too smooth. Yeah. So, but, uh, but definitely it, it, it created something beautiful that we were, we were very proud of and, and proud to produce. So. Wow. I mean, your story is is exactly what I like to say about faith. Like everything falls in place in line when it's supposed to because of faith. And like exactly. you are a true testament to this. Like a year later, you go to your seller and there's the key, you know, and people yes. are telling you no, yes. telling you no. But if it wasn't for B, I like to say Beyonce and Jay-Z also. Exactly. They're, they're always looking out for us. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So with with this rosé company, like how has it changed your life? Like how are you like adapting to owning this sort of like thriving sort of like business now? Because like rosé is like moving into being like a year round thing versus like just a summer thing. And like how are you able to, you know, adapt to, you know, the the want and need to to get people to purchase yes. as well as other people like demanding for it because it is good. Yeah, so, it is beautiful. So thank you so much. So this is our first year in business. This is our first vintage. Vintage 2019 is our very first vintage. Wow. And we started very small. And so there's a very limited number of cases this year. Only 347 cases of 12 were produced. So wow. we're very small. Um, our hopes, um, our hope is to grow um, and produce more next year and, um, produce more the next year after that and hopefully grow with the demand. Um, we do know there are certain stores this year, um, already that are sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we will June 1st have a, what we call a direct to consumer option. So people that do not live in the States right now where you can find our wine in stores. So right now our wine is in Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. Okay. And if it's not in your store or you live in California, Texas, you know, another state. DC. Um, beginning <laughs> June, yes, yes, you. Uh, beginning June 1st, people will be able to order it um, offline off our website and have it shipped directly to their door. Wow. Um, and again, our, our hope is next year to be able to produce more and to grow. And like you said, um, rosé is no longer just a summer wine. It's no longer just seasonal. People are drinking it all year long. Yeah, and so it is. It is our hope to be able to grow, um, like I said, bigger um, with the demand, and not just be a seasonal wine, but be a be a all year round. Yeah, I'm here for it, and it is so good. I I want to say thank you publicly too for you know uh, the bottles you sent me, and like they're beautiful. We're actually using it um, as one of our wonderful wines in the background uh, of our set here at the Rose Hour podcast, and it is just it just illuminates the space. It's like so pretty, and like the little uh, jewelry on it just shines so bright. It's just so oh my god, I love it. I. Thank you. Thank you. Just like a person should. Yes. Everybody should sparkle just a little, right? It's like you shipping yourself out to people in little pieces and providing happiness. And I appreciate that for you. <laughs> 
Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> and so, like, what's the website that people can go to on June 1st to start ordering? Okay, so our website is www.cotedefemme. You just spell it out, C-O-T-E-S-D-E-F-E-M-M-E.com. And you can also find us on Instagram, at Cote de Femme, on Twitter, on Facebook, and see all our lovely lifestyle pictures. That's another thing we wanted to make sure that we made people smile. Um, We didn't want to just be rosé. We wanted to almost be a lifestyle brand. So when you scroll through our Instagram feed, um, I hope that our pictures make you see um, a girl drinking wine and laughing, and it makes you I hope it sees, you know, a day at the beach and it makes you, you happy. Um, when I, I know when I sit down and I'm just quickly scrolling through some feed, I want, I want to see happiness. I want to things, see things that bring joy and make me smile. So if you follow us on any of those, Instagram, Twitter, of course, we hope that what we're, what we're putting out there, uh, brings a little brightness to your day. It definitely does. And for me, like, I love your feed because I just like automatically envision myself there. Uh, your yes. photos are so just great quality, but also like, like you said, fun. And it's like, I can imagine being like on the beach with that person with that rosé sitting right there. <laughs> yes, yes, perfect. Well, Kristen, this has been more than amazing. We would love to have you back as well, especially after June 1st, so we can talk more about, you know, the actual, you know, rosé and more so like what you're thinking for 2020 or 2021. Listen, I'm ignoring 2020. So <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's all, it's all so confusing. It's all such a blur right now, right? Yeah, it's like I haven't r- written the date out and I'm one of those people. It takes like six months for me to get the next year, the correct year I'm in. <laughs> so like I'm still writing 2019 now because I'm like, I've, I haven't converted and I've written it like six times this year. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so 2021, we'll love to know what you're doing and potentially like invite you guys out here to DC um, to do some things and maybe we can work and partner some things in the future. I'm just so excited. I and would absolutely love that. Yay! I would absolutely love that. Yes. I had to put the chimes in there. <laughs> well, Kristen, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Uh, we really appreciate it. You guys go to the website now, dot com. Get ready to start making your orders. Um, hopefully uh, when June 1st comes, we'll be outside again for some people in some places and hopefully socially distancing is still going on in a safe way until we have a vaccine. Yes, I had to make that plug. And then also you can purchase some rosé so you can enjoy it all day outside this summer. Pew, pew. So yay. And Kristen, again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Wow. Thanks, Kristen. And I'm just so thankful and excited about Cote de Femme, the size of women. Mmm. Such a delicious rosé. And everybody should definitely grab a bottle. So delicious. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we are going to interview with Patty Russo, one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. She is the executive director to the campaign school at Yale. And I mean, she is life changing. She is amazing. And she's going to talk about an awesome program and opportunities for those who want to run for office or run campaigns uh, during this most important election cycle. So stay tuned. Pew, 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 pew. 
there, friends. It's me, Renee, here at the Rosé Hour podcast. And today, you guys are in for probably the greatest treat ever. I mean, when I say treat, this woman is so legendary, so amazing, so life-changing, such a life-altering mentor, guide, spiritual guru, bubbly, bedazzled woman of the year. The most amazing, the executive director and leader of the campaign school at Yale, Patty Russo. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Patty. Hello, hello, my love, Renee. How are you? So I don't really have to say anything. I mean, what could I possibly say that could top that? This is why you're one of my amazing rock star grads because you're phenomenal. You're phenomenal. I'm so happy to hear your voice. I'm so thrilled to be with you and your listeners and your fans because I'm such a fan of yours. Oh, and I'm a fan of yours. Like, I'm a huge fangirl (laughs) of you, Patty. So, (laughs) when you walk into a room, you light it up. And I appreciate you for everything you do. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, honey. I, I really appreciate that. So, Patty, you are the executive director to the campaign school at Yale. And I know a lot of people may have heard of it, but they don't know exactly what it is. But even before we even get to that, how did you even get to this this point in your journey in life? Like, how how do how did the Patty we know and love today become the Patty we know and love today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a. It was a path, an adventurous path that I did not plan. I did not expect to do it. I just reread. I mean, here's the beauty of a pandemic. I have really some yummy uh, reading time. So I just um, reread Shonda Rhimes' book, The Power of Yes. And it's really, I think, totally relates to her, her, uh, her path, her adventure. Because early on in my life, I learned to say yes and to figure it out later. So when I was in when I was in high school, I was very active in my local Democratic Party in New Jersey. And I was kind of the lone, you know, high school student who was doing all the volunteering. And as you know, you're confident, so they ask you to do more and more. They give you more responsibility. And they were treating me like, oh, I don't know, in a joke. And because I just kept saying yes. And then I would get home and I would I would say to my parents, Oh my gosh, I have this big project to do and I don't really know how I'm gonna figure it out. And they would just look at me and they'd say, You'll figure it out. You'll just figure it out. And I always did. And I always did. So I just like was like, Okay, I will always figure this out. So fast forward, I so loved my political work, Renee, that I decided that I really wanted to go to school in DC. I wanted to be a political science major. Woo-hoo! And so I landed I landed happily at George Washington University, political science major. Yes. And at that time, yes, yes. And that's the other reason why I love visiting you in D.C. Because <laughs> it's, it's my home. It's my heart. It's your second home. Yes. <laughs> it is. It really, really is. And I had so many wonderful experiences, both personally and professionally, when I when I was in D.C., I loved um, GW. Again, another example of the power of yes. Uh, I got very active in the Women's Center at GW when I landed there. 
And uh, the, the president of the center um, had a family emergency and she had to go home. And so they were looking for a new president. And so, you know, I was kind of the new, you know, youngest on the block. So I just said, oh, well, so-and-so should do it. And they all turned to me and they said, no, Patty. You should be the president. I said, oh, no, not me. I'm just done here. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I barely know, you know, how to get to Capitol Hill. I can't do it. You know, making all these, which is what, you know, unfortunately, you know, not to stereotype, but it's what women do initially. It's, yeah. the, you know, the laundry list, right? The laundry list of why not instead of why not? You know, why not do this? Exactly. And so they promised they would support me. They promised they'd be there for me. So I said, yes. I said, yes. And I figured it out. So I, while I was at GW, I was a political science major, as I mentioned. And one of the prerequisites at the time for the degree was to work on Capitol Hill. And at that time, the only, really the only congresswoman I wanted to work for was the late, great Bella Habsburg. Oh, this such a legend. phenomenal boisterous, you know, head of the women's movement, uh, dynamo, uh, a member of Congress from Queens, New York. So I I put on my new man Macy's pantsuit <laughs> and I've got my little briefcase with resumes in them because that's how old I am. There was no email. Uh, when I was starting out, Renee, I was a pioneer woman. You so are. up I go to Capitol up I go to Capitol Hill and I go into Bella's office and, you know, I, I, I meet, I meet the woman who's responsible for interns and, you know, it was all of 30 seconds. She didn't even sit me down. She met me in the lobby of Bella's office. She took my resume and she said, you know, you look terrific. Unfortunately, we don't have any spots available for interns. You know, everybody wants to work for Bella. Oh, wow. And she said, um, but if we have a opening, I'll be sure to let you know. And as I was leaving, I saw her toss my resume in the wastepaper basket. <gasps> now, it's 9.05, Renee. I have a whole day in other congressional offices trying to sell myself. Can you imagine, just like in that moment, how I felt? Yeah. Wow. Depleted. I go into... I go into the ladies' room. I kind of compose myself, put my, you know, get, try to get my act together. Um, and it was, it was deflating, of course. And I was, you know, crushed. But I had to get going. I had an appointment in Shirley Chisholm's office, Barbara Jordan's office, Barbara Holt, uh, Liz Holtzman's office. So basically every woman of Congress, I wanted to, you know, to, to work for them. Yes. So it's by now, Renee, it's 5 o'clock. I'm back in Cannon House Office Building, which is where Bella's office was at the time. And I go into the ladies' room because I've got to figure it out. I don't have an internship. I've got to zoom into Plan B, and i got to figure out what Plan B is going to look like for me. Nobody had any room. And so just as I'm going into the bathroom, I see a woman at the vanity, not much older than I, crying, sobbing. So, you know, Renee, I'm a Renee, I'm Italian. You know, I talked to everybody. I went over to her mm -hmm. and I said, are you okay? And she said, I will be. I quit my job. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet, but it doesn't matter. I just couldn't work in that office another minute. So, of course, you know the punchline. I said to her, I'm so sorry. 
I'm sure something will work out. Who did you work for? And she said, I worked for Bella. So just as she said that, I handed her I handed her a tissue, Renee, and I said to her, I wish you well. I know it'll work out. And I ran back to Bella's office. I didn't even think about it. I ran back. It was like I was creating my destiny. I ran back. It was 5.30. You know what it's like on Capitol Hill at 5.30. Your listeners know. Everybody's everybody's (laughs) leaving. Oh, my member of Congress is gone. I am out of here. I'm going to, you know, meet my friends for drinks. Yeah. Right? That's that so rush. 5.30, I go back into Bella's office. I see my resume still in the waste paper basket from the morning. And I go in and I see the same woman that I started my day with. And I came up, went up to her and I said, I just, before I left for the day, I just want to reiterate just how much I'd love to work for Bella. What an honor it would be to work for her. And just as I was saying that, and again, the phones are ringing off the hook. Here comes Bella, barreling out of her office. She's holding on papers and a handbag, and she's so disheveled. And the phones are ringing, and she looks at me, and she points, and she says, You, sit, answer those phones. And that was the beginning of my amazing <laughs> political career. That was it. That's that's what started it all from then. I worked for her. I worked on her Senate race. I love campaigning. And then in 1992, the year of the woman, first year of the woman, we had so many women uh, running for Congress at that time. Mm-hmm. Many of them were coming. Many of them were coming to Connecticut uh, to fundraise for their campaigns. Many, the majority of those women at the time, Renee, won. So, those yeah. of us who were active at the time in the women's movement here in Connecticut, we were feeling kind of smug. We felt like, wow, we finally leveled the playing field. So yeah. we're finally going to see more women running. But we didn't. In 93, it was as if 92 never happened. <sighs> so a group of us, yeah, so a group of us got together. A woman by the name of Andre Brooks, who's really the one who had the vision and the dream for our school of a nonpartisan, issue-neutral political campaign training program for women who want to run for public office, as well as for women who want to run campaigns. Oh, wow. And as you know, Renee, Renee, um, you know, we still don't have enough women who are running national campaigns. When you think about national uh campaigns and and women who run them mm-hmm. you think of donna brazil you think of donna brazil on the democratic side and you think of kellyanne conway on the republican side and then we're in free fall yeah that, that's so it. a group of us yeah. yeah so a group of us um uh, started working on w- our vision and what this was going to look like and we we knew we wanted um we wanted it to be at yale university and so we went and we met with the uh, the dean at Yale Law School at the time, and he was wonderful about, you know, reading our proposal, meeting with us. And he turned to us and he said, okay, I'll give you one year. And that was 25 years ago. We just celebrated oh. and graduated our 25th class. And the other thing that I think is so important and so wonderful about our school, you know, 25 years ago, Renee, the women who were attending our school 
were predominantly white and in their mid-40s. Fast forward this past year, the majority of the women who attend our school, as you know, are women of color. Yes. And, and the median age now is 30, 31. What? Right? And yeah, and it really started, we started seeing in a substantial increase in the number of women of color and younger women right around 2007, 2008, the Obama phenomenon. That's what I call it. Yeah. When women of color were taking time off from school and work mm-hmm. to work for the president. And they loved it so much, you know. You know, when you love politics, you're like, wow, I love this. Yes. I want to do more. I want to do more of this. I want to get better at it. They started applying to our school. So I like to say that our school is such a reflection of America and what America really, truly looks like. And I'm so proud of that. And um, I feel that the the work that we do with a five-day intensive stays with you, right? It has staying power. It's not just about the week there. It's what happens beyond the week. And you know we have a very active, closed Facebook alumni page. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, everybody, you've got good news, share it. You're struggling, share it. We want to be there for you. So we're really, you know, a safety net for our alumni, and that's as important as the, the, the quality training that you get and the connections and the relationships that you make all week. On Monday of school, I'll say before the class, you're not going to recognize yourselves by Wednesday because just by virtue of being with exemplary faculty from both sides of the aisle, phenomenal students and international students from all walks of life, being at Yale Law School, I mean, didn't you just feel brilliant sitting there every oh day, Renee? God, yes. I know what? <laughs> I know I do. Okay. Yes. Your yes. sense of your sense of yourself and your sense of I can do anything, I can figure it out. Starts happening to you. You start evolving by Wednesday of that week. By Friday, once you're graduated, you're ready to take on the world. Okay. That's our goal. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. 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 I fully concur. And for those out there, I am a graduate of the campaign school (laughs) of 2012 class. And I still talk to the ladies that I graduated with uh, all across the world. And they're so amazing. Uh, Some are in public office. Some are running amazing campaigns. And and we attribute it all to the amazing Patty and the team at the campaign school. So, Thank you, Patty, for all you do and getting us to galvanize women, you know, nationally. It's it's just so, so amazing. And both sides of the and aisle at that. It is amazing. It is amazing. And it's, um, you know, you know, I love getting together with all of you. You know, I love our DC uh, reunion and student recruitment event every year. And I, you know, love hearing about what everybody's doing and how you're using your training in your own special way, you know, your own way um, to help catapult you professionally. You know, everybody has different stories to share. And I love hearing those stories because I, I, I feel that you've, you've gotten so much from the, the, the work that you put in, the effort you put in, in the five days that you were with us. Yes. And there are memorable <laughs> five days. Um, 
Definitely. And the other thing that we did three years ago was we started a whole new level of training, a one-day intensive called the campaign school, what the campaign school, you know, the basic. So it's for women who are just starting to think about, huh, maybe I want to run for office someday. Maybe I want to be a leader in my community. Maybe I want to run a campaign. What does it take to get prepared to do that? And that started in 2017, Renee, after we started receiving so many phone calls and emails from women who who participated in the first Global Women's March. I marched, I'm mad, I want to run for office, but so many of them weren't even registered to vote. So, yeah, so we knew that we needed to meet them where they were, which is at a starting point, right? Mm -hmm. So now we've done we've done thirteen or fourteen one day trainings. Um, not only have I done them, and I do them most of the time with Deb Sofield, and you know what a treat Deb is. Deb is amazing. Uh, <laughs> yes, Deb is amazing. So Deb and I have taken our show on the road, Renee, oh, and I love it. we go, we go across the country and we go internationally. So as a result of the pandemic, we are doing no live training right now, right? We can't get together, mm-hmm. but we are doing we are doing a lot virtually. So nine weeks ago, when I went into quarantine, I said, okay, I can't replicate the five-day intensive online because it, it, there's just too there's much no that we do yeah. together, but I can replicate the one-day training. I can't replicate um, aspects of the five day to help women. You know, women are, who are campaigning right now are going through a very tough time. Yes. They need us now more than ever in ways unimaginable. Yes. So, for instance, can you imagine, Renee, you're running right now for office? And as you know, right now it's peak door to door season. Yes. Guess what? You're not yes. going door to door. Nobody's going to open up their door, right? Yes. So we created a whole new Zoom presentation series called um, "Campaigning in the in you know in the time of Corona." They're all free. They're all available. So all all your listeners need to do is to go to our website, uh, which is tcsyale.org. Sign up for our newsletter. They'll be added to our list. So anytime we're doing a new one, they'll get the information. They can register. They can join us. They've been phenomenal. Liz Chatterton's done one. Deb Stofield's done one. Um, Facebook is doing one for us. Sonia Davenport, Dress to Win. She's doing a great one because you know how I feel about Dress to Win, right? you got to look the part. You're running for Congress. You've got to look like you already have the job. That's right. So Sonia's coming in, and on June 4th, your listeners can sign up for cocktails in your closet. Going through your closet, because right now, so many stores are closed. Yeah. What are you going to do? You, even though you're, still, you're presenting on Zoom, you're presenting on Facebook, you're still running for office. You have right. to look the part. 
I've got to I've got to take a walk through my closet. So Sonia's going to take a take a walk through her closet and mix and match and show you different kinds of pairings and and outfits that you can create for yourself that look different and are professional. I mean, this is amazing. And Patty, what's the website again that people can find uh, the deeds yes. and, and register? It, it's um, C as in Thomas C S Yale dot org. They can also go on our Facebook, you know, go on our Facebook fan page, which is the Campaign School at Yale. They can call me, and you know, Renee, I'm a telephone person. You I love are. to chat. <laughs> <laughs> I do love to and chat. I love it. So, and so if they'd like to have a conversation with me and call me, they can uh, reach me at 203-734-7385. Or they can email me um, at prusso, R-U-S-S-O, at ccsl.org. So I don't ever want lack of connection as a as an issue, as a barrier. I want people to be able to yes. to reach out to us um, and um, and get the the support that they need. So you know we're we're you know we're supporting our all our grads who are running right now. We're supporting our grads who are campaign managers who are trying to you know this is all uncharted territory for yeah. everybody, right? So we're trying to figure it all out. The other thing that we're doing again free for our grads is on Fridays from 12 to 1, we have just kind of like a, it's a, it's a Zoom. It's just for us. And it's just like, let's check in. Let's stay together. You know, what is, yeah. So personally and professionally, how are you feeling? Because this is all new to us. And so the feelings that we're feeling are all over the place. And all of them are valid. All of them are valid. So this, this malaise that we're all feeling, like, Patty, I just got up. I'm working for a couple of hours in my home. I'm exhausted. What's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. You know, this is all new. We're trying to figure it all out. Let's try to figure it all out together. So those are just, again, free check-ins. Uh, let us know how you're doing. You're running for office. You're, you're stuck. Share, share with us. Let us know what your challenge is. There's got to be somebody on this call who can help you. Aww. And there always is. I so, and, that. That, that, and that's the beauty of our community, Renee. Yes. I mean, that is something that you can say better than I, is that that is something that's just so important to us, the connection, the ongoing connection. This is not just like a one-off. It's not a one-day and you have a great time with us and you learn so much, or five days even. It's, we want you with us forever. We want to know what's going on with you forever. Yes. I'm constantly checking in with Lauren Underwood, you know, who's one of our, one of our grads and just, gosh, we're so proud of our grads and all that they're doing in the world right now and, you know, need more of them more, more than ever right now. That's right. And we need more women to run. And so definitely go to TC. <laughs> Wait, yeah. it's, it's changed now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's TCS, the campaign school. Right. So TCSYale.org. 
the TCS, campaign school. Yale.org. Yale. And right. Or even if they just Googled and put in the campaign school at Yale, we'll just pop right up. There they can go. do that too. Yes. Sign up for our newsletter. Give me a call. Email me. Uh, just stay connected. Um, uh, I just, we just need more and more of us thinking about running. It's just so important. And there are more, you know, the numbers right now are the highest they've ever been in terms of the number of women who are, who are running for public office right now, which is astonishing and wonderful up from 2018, which is really, really exciting. The other thing that we're seeing more of is I'm getting more and more calls from men who want to help women who are running. What can I do to be supportive? What can I do to be a part of the team? Um, and that has really been exciting to see. We're seeing more and more men come to our one-day training because they're running campaigns for women. Yeah. And they'll say, I got to come. I don't, I've never, I'm not a woman. Yeah. I've never run as a woman before. <laughs> in, order to, in order to be my best, I got to know what she's going to be up against. Yes. Because what she's going to be up against, I, I can't even imagine as a man. So and that's a reality. Um, it's a reality, yeah. And that 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 is the reality. That is the reality. So more and more partnering with men, uh, which has really been again to the advantage of uh, women candidates who have men as their um, you know as their as their campaign managers. Um, uh, more and more, we're doing more and more work now with the LGBTQ community of individuals who are running again. Um, just wanting to be more inclusive. You, you know me, I want everybody to find a happy home yes. at our school. Yes. I think that um, in addition to providing the exemplary training, the community, I want everybody to feel valued, important, and loved. I mean, that's just the community. And our school is not for everybody, but if what Renee and I are talking about, if it feels right to you, if it feels like home to you, then you definitely need to reach out. You 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 have a responsibility to yourself and to your country yes. to, to and step up and raise the your country, hand. One way or the other, yeah. <laughs> however you perceive it, you are able to do something for good regardless exactly. of your vantage point or party affiliation. So yes. Exactly. To that exactly. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I just wanted to leave you because I know we're out of we're out of time because I know I talk too much. You never but talk I've too much. It's just been <laughs> such an incredibly wonderfully rich conversation. Um, but I do want to share a, a favorite quote of mine that I think speaks so eloquently and so deeply to our moment right now that we're all. Um, that we're all a part of. It's by L.R. Nost. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended, not with time, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, lead intentionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. I love you, Renee. I love fabulous. You too, Patty. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes. I got to get back to my, I must return to my Vosquito rose, <laughs> which is my rose. Oh, wait, what's your favorite rose? 
Verquico oh, Rosé. Nice. It's a bubbly pink champagne, which we will share when we are together. Yes, I cannot wait. Yes. Thank you so much, Patty. <laughs> My pleasure. And as always, I- thank you. We appreciate all the kind words. And people go uh, to tcsyale.org yeah. and find yeah. out more today. Oh, uh, you're wonderful. Oh, thank thanks, you so Patty. much. Cheers. I so appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Patty, for that amazing interview. And everybody, please go to the campaign school at Yale TS. Wait, no, that's not right. TCS Yale at Y-A-L-E dot com to learn more about the campaign school at Yale. I want to thank both my guests, Kristen and Patty. You guys are just so amazing and dynamic women and so thankful, blessed to know you both. You guys are so inspirational and thank you guys for coming on the show. Want to thank all of you out there for listening. It's our 16th episode. Pew, 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 pew. And during a quarantine. What? So hopefully you have a quarantine with Rosé to celebrate with us uh, because this is a huge milestone. During a quarantine, we launched a podcast and we're just so excited to bring you great interviews and stories and Rosé from across the world. Check out our website, The Rosé Hour podcast.com we have wonderful merch and we have new items coming for the summer so you definitely want to stay tuned some exciting things you may need for the summertime fun pew pew additionally continue to follow us or start following us at the rosie hour podcast on all social media platforms and check out our youtube page uh, guess what it says? The Rose Hour Podcast. So it's easy to find us. Yay! Additionally, want to thank Bartender Ben, our sponsors, our lovely, lovely, lovely partners. And you guys, keep it safe out there. I know some states are opening. Uh, you know, stay inside if you, if you can, you know. It's okay. You know, we need to chill and take our time because social distancing is real. Don't get sick. Stay healthy. Wash your hands. And keep on trucking. <laughs> Ayo, thanks again for listening to Rosie Hour Podcast. And we will see you again next Wednesday. Uh, and don't forget to tune in to our IG Live shows on Thursday, the happy hour at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time and on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And finally, friends, be well and drink more rosé.